0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Academy Tech Talk and we have Gabe and Atlas here and today we're going to be interviewing Jordan Matthew Brown. Thank Thank you for coming coming to our our Tech Talk, talk. an alum of 2012 at the Academy. You can see him in the Book of Mormon or Spelling Bee or so many other regional shows and he also did so many great shows while he was here.
1: All right. Hello, Jordan. How are you today?
2: how are you? I'm happy to be here. We're
1: doing pretty good. Uh, how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself, the year you graduated Academy, what you're doing right now, what you've been up to.
2: Sure. I'm Jordan, and I graduated the Academy in 2012, which was amazing. Love the Academy. And now I live in New York City, and I'm a Broadway actor. I have been a part of the Book of Mormon for several years as a the standby for elder cunningham and playing elder cunningham on the national tour and i've recently been back standing by with the broadway company basically kind of whenever they've needed me when someone's gone on vacation or when someone's been out sick or anything i've gone in for certain random weeks which has been awesome and then other than that i've been doing other shows regionally and that's what i've been up to (laughs) that's awesome so how did you first get involved with the Book of
0: Mormon? Like, what was your audition and casting process like? And how have you maintained that relationship now for several years?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, first of all, to show that when it when it first came out, I didn't see it right away because I couldn't get a ticket uh, <laughs> in New York or anything. And then once it was touring, I saw it in Cleveland. Cleveland was the first place I ever saw it. And I loved it. And I had had friends who had seen it and been like, Elder Cunningham is a role that you should look at, it's a big <laughs> role for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right. and then I saw it and I was like, oh, I, I need to play this role. And so during college, I went to Boston University and got my BFA in acting there. And while I was there, my process for Book of Mormon is kind of a journey because when I was there, they did a casting section in Boston at one point while I was still in college. And so I went in for that and I had a call back there, but it felt like that was like, a different kind of thing i was still in college i was young it was like a different casting director that would go around to different cities to find people but so i had a great experience there first just having a call back through them um and then that happened and then while i was a junior in college i i did a semester abroad at the eugene o'neill theater center doing the national music theater institute which i loved and while we were there we did this master class with gavin creel which was incredible. And during that, I had done a song and he was like, have you ever read a for the Book of Mormon? Which was insane, um, <laughs> very supportive. And he was like, you should give me information, etc., etc." which was just crazy. And so
0: <laughs> it, 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 was, it was crazy. I, yeah. even know. I would be yeah. shaking if I was like in the presence of Gavin. Gavin. No,
2: same. Oh. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was crazy. But each of these things kind of gave me the next piece of confidence to feel ready for the next step and so then when i was graduating college we do a showcase in new york for agents and casting directors and things and during that week they were also doing auditions for book of mormon they were trying to using uh, a lot of students who were graduating college bringing them in to see if they fit in the show etc and rachel Ashrin shout out rachel Ashrin who's another academy alum from the class of 2012 At her college, they got an email from the casting office of Mormon being like, anyone who fits this show, let us know if you want an appointment and you can come in. And she forwarded it to me and she was like, Jordan, you need to send them an email. You've been in for them before. Gavin Creel said these things, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And she helped me. So the Academy connections really pay off. She (laughs) she, She helped me write an email to get seen by the Mormon. So I got an appointment and I went in. And it was for Elder Cunningham and I did the material and I was like, ah, I hope that went well. I went back to college. Um, I continued the rest of the end of senior year. A couple of weeks later, I got an email from them or a call. I don't remember. That was like, can you come in for a callback? And I was like, okay. So I took the megabus from Boston to New York and I had a callback, which was crazy. <laughs> and that was for like the associate director. And then the next day, I had a final callback for the producer and for the associate director and a different associate director and they were filming it. That's terrifying. Exactly. It was terrifying, terrifying, and also so fun. But I was like, there's a collective amount of Tony Awards in this room that is insane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Pre-screens in person.
2: Yes. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs) And so I did the material again and it kept adding more material. I do like a new song, a new scene. And then I left and I had no idea. I was like, I hope that went well, who knows? Again, I went back to my senior year of college and I finished off what I was doing in college and it was right before, I was in a show at the time in college, I was in parade and it was right before our final dress rehearsal of parade. I was sitting at dinner with my friend and she was like, oh, have you heard anything since your callback for Warman?" And I was like, ah, nothing since the final callback, who knows? And right in that moment, I got a phone call. It was crazy. I was like, I'm getting a phone call from a New York number, uh, one second. That's like fate. It it was truly insane. And so I answered the call and they were like, hi, would you like to be the standby for Elder Cunningham on the national tour? Um, And there's a picture of me sitting at this pizza restaurant on the phone, just looking, (laughs) gobsmacked.
1: I think I would have started screaming no matter where (laughs) I was. Yeah.
2: It was crazy. I had a friend who was also in parade who walked by while this was happening. She figured out what was going on, immediately started crying, left, and came back with flowers. Oh, uh, it was the sweetest thing ever. And so that was my casting process for *Rook of Mormon*. I know that was a long story,
1: but an amazing story, nonetheless.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess if you want to hear, I can say a little bit about. I can say a little more about that, which is that I then was the standby on tour for about a year, which was a dream come true. And then I became the standby on Broadway for a year. They gave me a call one day and they were like, we want to move you to Broadway. And I started crying again. That's the dream. <laughs> and then I became on Broadway for a year, which is insane. And then after that, um, at one point, after doing it on Broadway several times and being paired up with different elder prices, they gave me a call and they were like, we want you to take over and play the role full-time on tour. And that was a, a dream come true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Again, I cried. <laughs> then I played Elder Cunningham full-time on the road up until the pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then the pandemic happened, everything shut down, the, that tour closed, and we knew we weren't going to reopen. And then I was, once theater started coming back, it was back to the audition grind. And I did some other shows. I did some other things that we can talk about. But then at one point, they called me and they were like, hey, would you want to come back in and just fill in for a couple weeks and fill in and cover someone's vacation as a standby on Broadway? And it's like, of course. (laughs) Because of that, I've kind of become this thing where when someone goes on vacation or if someone's sick or if they need someone, I'm lucky enough to be the person that they call to be in the building in case that happens. So that's kind of how I get back with the show.
1: This is something on being a standby. How do you always have all the lines, <laughs> all the songs just in the back of your mind, just on a random Tuesday, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm being called up. All right, totally. Ah, and just go off. Just amazingly.
2: That is a great, is a great question. <laughs> because I, being a standby is for anyone who doesn't know, being a standby means that I'm uh, backstage for the theater all the time ready to go on for that specific role for Elder Cunningham. I don't have to sit in costume or anything, but I'm always in the building and I'm there in case someone gets sick if someone has to call out mid-show or I'm the first line of defense if the person's out uh, just that day for anything or for a vacation. Um, I'm there contracted as that principal role if that person is out. So going on last minute and just like knowing it is now I think it's kind of muscle memory or at least I hope it
0: (laughs) is. Just like autopilot.
2: (laughs) Like in some ways, coming back in when I hadn't done it for a long time was just like, I was like, okay, I have to trust that this just lives (laughs) in me. But I do, I look over the script and look over the score but it's something that I think because we, we'll have brush rep rehearsals, we'll have understudy runs, there's a part of it that now just like lives inside me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, if I need to call upon this, it's here. Yeah.
1: The underlying Elder Cunningham.
2: And, and you know, there's something that's a little freeing about when when I don't have any notice and I just have to jump in that I don't have I don't have time to worry. Mm-hmm. I don't have time like, is this here? Do I know what I'm doing? Yeah. It just has to happen because the show has to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had yeah. to
0: go on mid-show or like mid, in the middle of something happening and you're just like, okay,
2: I'm on. I did. I did. I went on in the middle of Act One once. I think we were in Florida when I was on tour, when I was a standby on tour. I went on in the middle of Act One. If anyone knows the show, I went on right after the bedroom scene mm-hmm. where Price and Sam are in their little beds
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I had been told like 10 minutes before that, the stage manager came to the standby and swing area where we were all like playing cards. And <laughs> he was like, Gordon, you're going to be on. And it was crazy. And what they did was, right after the bedroom scene, they come back in going two by two and march from door to door um, in the beginning of another scene. And so, right before we entered, they made an announcement on like the god Mike to they they didn't hold the show or anything they just made an announcement and they were like from this point on the role of elder cunningham will be played by jordan matthew brown i've never heard that happening before that's, no, that's i haven't either it was crazy <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like thrilling and insane
0: yeah mm-hmm. that's so
2: cool
1: the 10 minutes you would have had to collect yourself for that <laughs>
2: I, mean, I, turned off, I turned up the monitor very high so I could hear the show going on while I was getting changed and kind of sing along and speak along with the show to kind of like get into the world of it faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was
0: crazy. Yeah. So my question, my next question kind of ties back to something you said a little bit ago, and I know you said you went to BU for acting. So I kind of want to hear more about that experience and what it was like to train and study there and kind of either like, was that a good experience or how it helped you and kind of just like how it was as a, like an opportunity.
2: Yeah, I I loved BU. I was really grateful to have the training that I got there and your friends. Actually, Siobhan Carroll, who I went to the Academy with, also, we went to BU together. (laughs) The same, just like. That's sweet. And it felt like the exact right place for me. Mm -hmm. I really struggled when I was deciding where I wanted to be. I couldn't decide if I wanted an acting program, a musical theater program. And I remember talking to Tom at the Academy and he was like, go to an acting school because you can take voice lessons, you can take dance classes, but you specifically, the thing that you want is that acting training because you like doing plays, you like doing musicals. And I agree, that's what I wanted. I wanted a place where I could feel confident to be able to do Shakespeare and Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like BU really gave me that. Of course, there are tough things about any college. I think that that's kind of part of the course. And I think theater programs can be really uh, intense in that way. In a lot of ways, that's what I was looking for. But I really felt that BU kind of complemented what I had learned at the academy, which is this like toolbox approach, which is that, okay, here are all the different styles and acting techniques and different tools you can use. Take them with you and whatever works for you, use that. There isn't one method that you have to subscribe to. Mm -hmm. And I really, that really worked well for me.
1: My next question actually goes really well with you talking <laughs> about your toolbox. You played William Barfay twice in your, <laughs> in your career, once at Academy and once at George Street Playhouse. And I wanted to ask, did you bring anything from, like, certain characteristics and specific choice justifications for Barfay into the next show that you were in? Or did you completely forget whatever you did and just start all brand new?
2: It's interesting that you asked that because there were definitely things that kind of maintained doing parfait at the Academy was one of my, was like one of my favorite roles. And I had always been like, I would love to play this professionally. So getting the chance to do it professionally was just a dream. And I definitely, there were definitely moments that I was like, oh, I did this when I was um, 17. (laughs) there were choices or, or choices that developed out of that. And I kind of thought that was really special to be like, okay, here's like the part of me from like young Jordan that has taken, that continues with this. And it feels really like apropos with the show anyways. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, I had friends who went to, who did it at the Academy with me, who came to see me do it at George street. And they were like, oh, there are moments of this that look familiar to me. I remember this. <laughs> and that's, really honestly very special and moving
0: that show is so special like i feel like that's the show i've learned the most from being in like any show in my life just like thinking on your feet and having to like roll with the punches improv
1: talking to the people on stage with you terrifying
2: (laughs) it was it was crazy and something that was really special about this production was that we were our director was really close with the original cast and creative team So we were updating the script and using new words and using new references and doing things to kind of let it feel like it lived in 2023 instead of a period piece from like 2004, Mm -hmm. which was crazy. And it was so cool. And a lot of the original cast came, which just made me lose my mind. It was like Celia Keenan-Bolger was in the second row on our opening night and watching our olive sing My Friend the Dictionary while Celia Key and Bulger watches was one of the most out of the (laughs) surreal experiences I've ever had. I would not be okay.
1: Yeah, that feels something like paranormal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it was really emotional because doing that show brought me back to all the feelings I had while I was at the Academy. Mm -hmm. It really really reminded me of everything that I loved about about the Academy, too. Mm -hmm. So my next question is, It's kind of
0: unrelated to theater, but basically (laughs) what do you do when you're not doing theater? Like what are your, some of your fun things to do when you're not on the stage or stand by in the dressing room? That's a great question.
2: Like cards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I've always, it's funny, theater is my career, but also my, the hobby that I love. And I know we're supposed to have other things that we love too. And I do, (laughs) but I, but I do love going to see shows. I think in a lot of ways, for me, it refills my cup. I think for for me, it's something... I, I love to go see a show because it often inspires me in a way to watch someone else do an incredible performance. Um, so honestly, I like going to see shows. I love a good meal. I love good food. Send me to any good restaurant, and I'm happy to be there. I binge watch a lot of TV. <laughs>
1: Understandable.
2: Yeah. I hang out with a lot of wonderful friends, My dear friend Kevin has a very cute baby, and so I'll go over there all the time and just play with my friend's baby. So sweet, whenever, whenever needed. And I try. I love New York, and but it's also nice. I try, especially during the fall, to like try to get out of the city when I can and do something fun. I have a couple friends who have cars, and so we've driven up to go apple picking, Mm -hmm. and we've tried to do fun. I think it's the Cleveland suburbs of me. Yeah, like the say, Cleveland it sounds experience. It very Midwest of you. <laughs> yes. I try to do fun suburban things while in the city.
1: Um, okay. I want to see your reaction of this because we heard from a little bird that you have a specific person who's always on your mind. I did not know who Bernadette Peters was until today.
0: What? I, oh had, my I God. had no idea who
1: this woman was. You're joking. Co- completely true. I had no idea who this woman was. Okay, well. Dave is so is- upset
2: with me. <laughs> I have no well, words. you know, she is everything to me. <laughs> um, but you may not realize that you know who she is. You may have seen her in things mm-hmm. and just didn't read. Off. Um, yeah. Thanks for giving I'm me the
1: benefit Brenna of the Peters- doubt. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> I'm definitely a Bernadette Peters super fan. Um, <laughs> and I think it's because, uh, she, I mean, when I, she's in everything, she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: she's so good. But
2: I think, but I think also as like a Sondheim fan. Watching her in those filmed original Broadway cast videos of Into the Woods and Something in the Park with George, I kind of, watching her, you're just like, oh my gosh, you are the greatest actress. <laughs> you are the greatest singer. You're just able to combine these things and do this in this way that I'm feeling every feeling. And it's like inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be able to do what she does. So, any chance that I can to, to see her or watch her in anything. So, if you don't know who she is, go watch some of her work. She's unbelievable. You're going to lose your mind.
0: Yeah, I think I watch that Into the Woods video probably once a week and like cry every time. Like, it's, it's just like, it's so weird. I, it's so good. It's so good. I can't. Yes.
2: And if you haven't seen Sunday of the Park with George, watch the, they filmed the original cast of that too. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite musical of all time. It is, Ooh. yeah, I know.
0: From you a
1: know Broadway remember? theater kid. <laughs>
2: Um, so go watch that if you haven't. It's, it's incredible. It's Brenda Peters, Mandy Patinkin. It's insane. Yes. <laughs> so that actually kind of ties into one of my questions that I, I had. This, I was like driving to this
0: school this morning. I'm like, wait, I have such a great idea. I want, I kind of wanted to know if you had been granted the magic power to do whatever show you wanted in whatever role you wanted, kind of what's your dream role? Like, what would you do next?
2: Ooh. Oh, that's a great question. Would okay. you work
1: with Bernadette Peters?
2: Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like anything where I can work with Bernadette Peters <laughs> is the answer. But also, I mean, if I also was flash-forwarding in time, my biggest dream role is that I would—I dream to do Tevye and Fiddler on the Roof. One yeah, day. I actually—that's a role that I also did in youth theater. But I'm like, I want to. It's one of my all-time favorite musicals. I dream to do Tevye and Fiddler, so I would love to do that. I would love to do George and Sunday the work with George. I would love to do any role, well, like Pseudolus or Hysterium in mean, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Mm-hmm. There are so many things. I would love to do Cassius and Julius Caesar or, or the Fool or Edmund and King Lear. I, like, oh, I just, it's like the most impossible question because there's 500 things. Yeah.
1: I have a list. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I should, I should make a real list. And like, like rank, you have to rank them in order. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, one of the gifts of doing um, Spelling Bee again was that was a dream role that I have always wanted to do as an adult. And to get the chance to do that, I was like, yep, check. I got to one of the things that I was like, I've always dreamed of getting to do this. So that was so it's really special when that happens. So,
0: I mean, you kind of already answered this question, but um, how in touch are you still with the Academy friends and your alumni from the program and just like the relationships you made then?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely still very in touch with <laughs> my academy class and the class above me and some the class below me. I, the academy was really a special place for me, and in a lot of ways, and I don't know if you both feel this way, but it was really like the saving grace for me. Yeah, yeah. I had a really tough experience at my homeschool, my regular school, I don't know what it's called, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't feel like I had... Really a community there. And the Academy helped me find that community. I really felt so grateful and lucky for that. And so I'm really close with a lot of my class still. Uh, I was just saying Rachel Auschman, Shavon Carroll, Megan Grover, David Levitz, Cody Heiger, all these people who I was in school with. I'm still, I still talk to very regularly. And all of those people are in New York. So it's great. I get to see them. And then there are friends who aren't in New York. There's Sarah Bugamoni who lives in Chicago now. There are people that I see in Cleveland and across the country who are the Academy family. And if there are people who I haven't seen in a long time or I haven't talked to in a while, it, it's we pick up as if there's been no time that's passed. And I think it's because of the tight knit community that we created at the Academy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's incredible. It's it's really special. I ran into um, Casey Cott recently, and we were talking about the Academy. And like, it's just it's just a special, special place um that I feel very lucky to have been a part of, yeah,
1: right. One of my favorite things is little lore drops of your time at Academy whenever people say it. So you were in Cherry Orchard at Academy. Um, and you perhaps stepped on dog poop in the classroom because there was a dog on set during Cherry was Orchard.
2: A- There was a dog in the show. Oh my gosh, I forgot that there was a dog in the show. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. I really, it was, you know, it was a long play. (laughs) There definitely was like dog poop, dog pee uh, in the building. Yeah. (laughs) We definitely were probably uh, breaking every rule possible. (laughs) Um, But that was. That was crazy. <laughs> I remember it was a, it was a big cast. <laughs> it was, so of us. And, there, and it was just like, and it was 500 costumes. There were four, It was four acts and we had a different, like elaborate, gorgeous costumes for each act. And there was a dog and like, I, and Kelly, who was in our class, was doing like a dialect. There were, there was so much happening. There's too many things
1: happening. If you just stepped in dog poop that once, that was never gonna phase you on how the rest of the show compares.
2: Oh, I do have an interesting piece of Cherry Orchard lore, which is that I wore a fake beard and mustache in that show that belonged to Tom Fulton. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, they were oh, they were Tom from when he had done I. I think it was when he played Don Quixote in Man of La Mancha. I could be wrong, but it was from a role that he had played. He was like, here is the facial hair I wore and what you will be wearing. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's genius on my face. Tom Fulton is always with you. He's
0: bestowing his gift exactly. to you.
2: Tom Tom is so unbelievable and such a genius that truly I was like, any any part of you, please, sure. <laughs> soak up some of the genius. Some semblance <laughs> of Fulton. I have another piece of um, interesting Academy lore, if you want it. I love Academy which lore. Is, which is that during, we did Sweeney Todd my senior year. And during Sweeney Todd... There were two crazy things that happened. One was that there was a big football game happening at Sugar and so we couldn't do a show at a normal time. So we had to do an 11, I believe it was an 11 p.m. start time for Sweeney Todd, and it was near Halloween, so we were like, ooh, it's the spooky late night show. Oh,
1: that's so cool.
2: And it was so cool, and I don't remember if it was that performance or a different one, but... One of the performances, the fire alarm went off in the middle of act two, and we had to hold, and we all were out in the parking lot in our costumes <laughs> in the middle of act two. Like, Sweet Todd, spoiler alert, is about to murder people, and yeah. we're standing on the street covered in dirt. Uh, all the fire department comes and makes sure that there's not a fire in Falls. <laughs> terrible it's a
1: bunch of murderous kids just standing there murderous high schoolers just go it's yeah, fine I some, of I mean,
2: some of the audience left some of the audience left oh so it was very that's that
1: <laughs> they're like oh it's part of the show goodbye guys
2: Yeah, they, they were like "Ah, oh, we get what happens Immers- <laughs> it was
0: immersive theater. immersive theater <laughs> okay so i have like another like kind of just a random question, but when you have a five-minute break at rehearsal, what do you spend your time doing? Like, some people's answers are, like, going over lines or going to the vending machine. Like, what's your, like, go-to move if you got, like, a few minutes to spare?
2: Ooh, great question. Um, I think the very basic answer of me is that I go check my phone. Um, <laughs> Understandable. Then I feel like I'm usually the person who I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get some water, and I uh socialize. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a socialize on breaks mm-hmm. I'm a very social. clearly I talk a lot <laughs> I'm a social being, so <laughs> so I like to um on the breaks to talk with friends etc and I think if, especially in the beginning of a process if I don't really know the people that well it's a great time to bond
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so usually I'll do that I feel like is
0: my go-to. I'm the same way. Like we, in our previous Academy show, we just did. like I was fortunate enough to be on the stage a large sum of the show. Mm-hmm. And I always just like look off in the wings and like see everyone like talking and playing games. And I'm like, okay, I want to be doing that. <laughs> and Dan's like, you're here to do theater. And I'm like, I know, but I want to talk to my friends. So it's just like, I'm the same way. And the
1: only times that you would be off stage, everyone else would be on everyone stage else would be on and stage. you'd be by yourself Just sitting in the corner.
2: <laughs> yes, I totally get that.
1: <laughs> I have... One last question, but it's one of my favorite ones, and I don't know how much you can talk about this, but have you been in any shows, Academy or otherwise, where you might have hypothetically taken something from the set or one of your props that (laughs) someone might have taken off the set for some reason and never put back?
2: (laughs) So I'm definitely (laughs) a person who I'm like, I... I'm a hoarder. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love a memento. I love a keepsake. Um, so definitely, the answer is definitely 100% yes. <laughs> um, even going back to the Academy, I still have several Academy props. Um, that, okay, here's the thing.
0: Ben's face right now. Over, that
2: crosses his arms. <laughs> the show was over. We were striking everything. These things were things that were going to be trashed and thrown out. Exactly. So, like, yes. Yes. So I definitely have a bottle of Pirelli's Miracle Elixir from when I was Toby and Sweeney Todd. Um, I definitely have, like, a hat that I had in Much Do About Nothing at the Academy. Um, For a long time, I think they're still in Cleveland somewhere, I had my Barfay glasses from Spelling Bee at the Academy, which was really special. Um, And then in, like, so I've I've definitely always done that. And I may or may not have something from Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. I may or may not just have a small little thing hypothetically that I, yeah that I hypothetically took at some point when we were closing down because of the pandemic um, yeah. I may or may not but I did I did ask I, and I tried yeah you can ask too ask but I asked um if I could keep my glasses and they were like no um your show glasses you, first of all, you could be back and you could need them again. We need to keep them in storage. And I was like, when am I going to be back? The pandemic's happening. Everything's running The down. world is over. And I was I, they were right. I'm, <laughs> back. I'm glad They have the glasses because I put them up. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, good. Um, spelling Bee from at George Street Playhouse, I was able to take um, the prop, the, the peanut M&Ms that got thrown at me mm-hmm. were prop peanut M&Ms um, because we had to have them weighted because mm-hmm. the regular MMs hurt a little bit. And the MMs, and the MMs that when we didn't have them with anything except like stuffing, they didn't really throw. Mm-hmm. So they were just like prop MMs. So I have those. And I also have um, a bit in our production was that the trophy was incredibly tiny for the spelling bee. Um, and so the trophy was just like a little plastic trophy and I was able to keep that. Aww, that's so sweet. So, and I have the peanut
1: of a nose. I have my helmet and my sock puppet from Spelling Bee that uh, helped me spell for Leaf. It was so much
0: fun. I've been asking Catherine every single day to steal the lightning bolt from <laughs> no. Lightning Thief. I'm going to steal it at some point. I'm sorry, Ben. It's, it's happening. No, I, we have two. I'm taking they, one of them. We
2: do have two. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I think all theater people, I guess, were thieves. Yeah. <laughs> no, Literally. I guess. It's because we're all sentimental. Exactly.
0: We, the memories. we love it so much. We, we need to hold on to it. We're sentimental
1: thieves that ask first and ask questions later.
2: Yes.
1: All right. So uh, we have a ton of questions. So another one is Do you have any advice for future Academy students, graduate Academy students, us right now as Academy students?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, the Academy was such an unbelievably special place that I think the, the biggest thing is take it all in and soak it all up because there's really, even in college, even in the professional world, there's not another place that's going to feel um, the, the ha- have the sense of community that the Academy has. And I think there's something really exciting about the fact that it feels like everyone is kind of an explorer in the same way at the Academy. we're all we're all uh, journeying through this thing together understanding what it means to be a theater artist at the beginning of our careers um and it's it's an energy that I try to take on with me today still. So I think it's you don't want to give into the cynicism and the jaded feelings that you can get and the feelings of comparison. Because I think it's easy when you're auditioning or when you want something that someone else has to fall into that that trap. We all do it. I do it. Um, but to continue on the path of the joy and excitement that you have while you're at the academy, of um like of thinking about the the journey of what it means to be an artist is what you want to hold on to if possible. So I think that's my biggest advice is really to hold on to that, soak it all up. Um and enjoy that ride. Take in everything that you're learning from your teachers. I still think about things that Tom said to me, that Mitchell said to me, that Ben said. Like there are so many, um, there are so many pieces of the academy that are going to continue on with you in your professional career. So don't be afraid to hold on to those. <laughs> so
0: I have one final question kind of that we've been asking a lot of the people that we wanted to ask a lot of people this season. And it's kind of important to us because we're both like huge music people. And we just think like music is like a great thing that brings people together and stuff. And it tells you a lot about a person. So we kind of want to know who is your favorite artist right now or song or album and like, what's, what's keeping you going? (laughs)
2: Ooh, great question. Okay. So, well, this is kind of a slight two parter. The first part is that I am Um, the theater kid who always listens to show tunes. Me too. (laughs) Like, I'm the person who still continues to listen to show tunes all the time. Um, So my go-to answer is always, like, I mean, I love listening to any Stephen Sondheim musical ever, anytime, always. So, so, um, I think that there's the answer to any feeling we're having by going to listening to a Sondheim show. Um, (laughs) Outside outside of theater, um, I love Beyoncé. I think everyone loves Beyoncé, but Beyonce So Great, um, Renaissance, that album I could listen to just like all the yeah. way through. The the riffs and runs in Plastic Off the Sofa is some of the craziest.
1: They are beautiful,
2: <laughs> crazy vocal insanity. So I love listening to that. Um let me think if there's anything else.
1: I was gonna be so upset if you didn't say some kind of show tune.
2: I mean everything. It truly I, I'm always listening to it. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I was gonna be Streisand,
2: like Give me Barbara Streisand any day. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't really listened to her songbook, um her new her new old album that came out, she released an old, old album that was live. Um that is like I think it's called like Barbara Streisand Live at the Bonsoir. And it's when she was like 19 or 20 and pre pre-funny girl. Um, it's her at a nightclub, and it's a live recording, and it's unbelievable. That's interesting. The vocals in it and the emotion in it are insane. It, it, so if you if you like uh, like the old school sound or like a belting lady, listen to it. Live- <laughs> it's unbelievable. So that
1: should include everyone who is listening to this. <laughs>
0: We're adding it to yeah. the list. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we love a
2: belting lady.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: okay so this is something that our last season's hosts last season hosts our predecessors, yes um (laughs) they chose to do this at the end of every episode and i think it's something great to kind of honor them and also it's just a fun thing to do so if you have anything you want to shamelessly plug advertise for just sell to us anything you want to get out for the world to know you have the floor
2: (laughs) yeah so I will be back at the Book of Mormon through all of December. So I'll be standing by and who knows, I might be on. So follow my Instagram if for any updates on that. My Instagram is Jordan Matthew Brown. Um again, that's Jordan Matthew Brown. Um my my Twitter is Jordan Brown10. <laughs> and
1: variety. And
2: I know a little variety <laughs> it's because it fit the Matthew on the Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Just (laughs) 10. And then you can go to jordanmatthewbrown.com if you want any other updates or to see any footage or see my resume. But come on down to the Book of Mormon. Check out my Instagram because I'll post there if there's anything fun that I'm doing. And uh, just follow me because I love you all. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Andrew, anyone has any questions, if either of you or if anyone in your class has questions about college auditions, about the process of being an actor in New York, anything, if you're feeling anxious about the Academy, and any question, just DM me, message me. Um, I'm always happy to chat about any of those things because I think one of the gifts of the Academy is that you have an endless supply of alums who are there for you going back so many years. We're all really there for anything you need, any questions
0: you have. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate
2: it. Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you for letting us interview you. It was such a great time
2: with you. It was so you. fun. <laughs> Gosh, you two are amazing. Thank you.
1: Thank you so very much, Jordan, for coming to talk to us. He's an amazing person. We're so glad that we got to talk to him. He's being in so many shows, and why not just put some spotlight his way? We're at actually Academy. We are doing a play called John Proctor's The Villain, which opens on December 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. And so the ticket link is up at them already. Go and get your tickets. See you there. Thank you for coming to our Tech Talk. Bye.